Hello all, this is JC3 from Is This Real? Do you want to start your own podcast? Then look no further than Buzzsprout.com. We here at Green Hour Media use Buzzsprout, and we love the team at Buzzsprout. They are all about helping you succeed. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. Follow the link in our show notes to let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. It gets you a $20 paid Amazon gift card if you sign up with a paid plan and help support our show. Join us and over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout.com to get your message out to the world. Studios in Patterson, New Jersey. Green Hour Media proudly presents Is This Real? Tonight, Season 4 continues with our look at the Nazi ties to the U.S. And now, here is your host, JC3. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fantastic episode of Is This Real? Real. Is this real? This week on Is This Real, we are talking about Nazi ties to the United States government that continue to happen even to this day, as Dad said in the beginning. Um, For this week, we have a full booth. Wink, wink. This week, Dad, say hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our program. Mr. Wes is back in the booth with us this week. Mr. Wes, say hello. Okombawa. Rody. Hey, yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? How's it going? And we got Big Nelson in the back. What's up, Sito? Hey, yo, what's up, everyone? All right. This week, in this little nipply booth, we are, uh, like I said, talking about the Nazi ties, the United States government, the CIA ties, and how, basically, the United States kind of uh, upgraded all of its weaponry and everything because of the Nazis. Dad, start us off. Well, I'm going to start off this episode uh, basically by telling you a little background how the CIA in this country, the Frank Wisners of the world, they were um, they had communication with the Nazis all through the war. And what they were doing was they were sending over um, uh, people to uh, how would you how would you say um, uh, I can't spies advisors um, trying to pave the way for our companies. diplomats. Dip, no, not diplomats, but so much as advisors, influencers. Okay, whatever that that works. <laughs> All right, these these guys were at the behest of our CIA, and our CIA basically words. started out as uh, out of out from World War Two, and it kind of grew into this organization that was going to take care of spying around the world, and that's where. You know, it came out of office, the Office of Strategic Services, and in 1948, I believe it was. The uh, OSS? The OSS, and that's the forerunner of the CIA. The OSS had ties to Nazi Germany early, very early on, and that's how we got, kind of got, they got in bed with these people. They got in bed with the Germans, they got in bed with, with the Nazis, and they were, I don't know, almost like political allies to a point. So they knew that this war was going to happen before it happened? They were advising them. They were not advising them to go to war, but they were trying to infiltrate the Nazi regime to try to get a hold on what they were about, where they were going to go, what they were going to do. But in the, but in the long run, what happened was... So spies. They were spies, but they also got involved with them to a point where our advisors were then advising them 
to go a certain way, do things this way, do things that way, and in probably you know, and they were basically telling him that they don't want to um, try to influence him in a different way, you know, trying to give them what we would do. But now, try to keep them away from the war. Now, now, when you say our advisors, now obviously this is like it goes back to like black ops stuff where this is like all under the oh, books yeah. and, and like not nothing, no documents or nothing. Yeah, like, right? the, the OSS is kind of like the father of black operations throughout our country. I think we talked about that in that episode. We too. might. I don't remember. Um, so that's that's where we go. That's where we we set with the CIA. They they had Nazi ties from the very very beginning, and. When they our companies then were being sent over there to help the Nazi regime to help the Nazis um, run their war machine, and so this was before or after the war. This was during the a little bit before, but during the war, because a Goodyear was sent over to all the rubber and the tire and all the Goodyear on, on all the tanks and stuff was done through Goodyear, an American company. They were over there. They were um, advising them. They were selling the rubber. World yeah, but like, tires. World no, War but, II, no. sponsored by Goodyear. No, oh, <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> but, but hold up, but what, at that time we weren't in, we weren't in like, we weren't in in we the, weren't in the we war, weren't yeah. in the war, but we were still like supplying weapons to the Allies and the Axis at that times, right? Because we were selling, we were selling guns to the British and stuff, right? I well, believe so. See, yeah. the British were our allies, so it wasn't so much selling stuff. We were actually keeping our allies armed. We were we were trying to help them, but wasn't the United States? They remained neutral. The United States remained neutral until Pearl Harbor. Yeah, but that didn't say that they weren't in there. No, trying to see the United. No, States- yeah, because I remember now. That, now this is where now this is where obviously history books are obviously like you know falsified to an extent. But I remember in them books that I was reading as a kid that it said that the government was um, or that we were neutral during the war. But we were still supplying guns and like weapons to, and I believe the, soldiers to, to, too to the to the allies. Well, that would be mercenaries at that point, wouldn't it? No, mercenaries, no, mercenaries are, are hired. hired. All right, I'll give you the difference. When see you, uh, you hear a lot about uh, this Afghanistan stuff that's going on. Okay, back in the eighties, Russia was fighting the Mujahideen, and mm. and and and. This is way after. This is way after the Nazis, though. Right. This is in the. In the well, it's, in the he's doing a correlation. Seventies, eighties, okay. they were fighting the, the Mujahideen, and what was happening? We had a fight. We we didn't want to get involved, but somehow, Russia was being held off. So then we picked up the mantle. We went into Afghanistan, but we didn't want to send our own people in there. So what we did was we created a force along with. Osama bin Laden, and then in, in our CIA, we created a force to start what they call now the Taliban. So the Taliban then would fight the Mujahideen, and that was that was going to be the instead of losing our own our own people over there. Now we're getting them to fight themselves to do our bidding for them because we wanted again. There's oil, it's oil rich minerals, diamonds, whatever you want over there. So. That's, and that was basically the same thing that was happening in World right. War II. And a mercenary. We weren't. We weren't in the war, but we were like pulling strings within the war. Exactly. Got that's, you. I'm glad got you. you know. Okay. Got you. Okay. And that's what it, it laid the groundwork for American companies to go over there. And like I said earlier on, some of them, of course, when it came to banking, the Union Bank is like the most prolific one. But Prescott Bush, the grandfather and great grandfather of the former presidents, was 
brought up on charges. Bush squared. For, for trading. It's called trading with the enemies. And he got brought up on charges for trading with Nazi Germany at the time. So there are Nazi, you know, everybody called Trump a Nazi, no proof. But the Bush family had ties to the Nazis. That's a fact. So that's part of that. That's one of the things that happened over there. And, of course, our CIA got involved and brought more companies over there. And when the CIA got involved, trading with the enemy went out the door. We didn't have to worry about that anymore. Now we got companies that are profiteering with the blessing of the CIA and keeping the Nazi war machine afloat. When if we didn't bring those companies over there or we didn't allow our companies to be involved with the Nazis, they might have not, might not have gotten the help that they needed to continue the war. So that's how that worked. Basically, we're getting... We, we, were, fuel, we were, were fueling, fueling the, the war. We're fueling we're like, the war. They're going to have their little spat over there. Let them have the little spat. And then we continued to do that until Japan dropped the bomb on us. And, and then we said, fuck that and shit. And then we saw that, you know, Hitler and Germany basically had all of Europe. And we were like, well, maybe we should stop them here. And you also got to understand, too, before Hitler decided to do his rampage through Poland and Czechoslovakia and, 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 and it, whatever he did early on, we kind of actually looked at them as almost like a, a, an ally because they did not, them and Russia did not get along. Mm-hmm. So we were looking at, okay, so if we're allies with the Germans, then Russia's on her own. Come, to, come later on, Russia and the United States freed occupied Poland when they went in as allies because they saw how big the, the Germans got. Yeah, basically the United States said, what, which one's the lesser of two evils at that point? And at that point when they decided, it was like, oh, Germany's the lesser of two evil, evils because Russia's huge and they have a huge army. So they, they, they turned around and said, fuck it, Germany and, and that little Hitler dude. And then he his fame, well, not fame, but his rise to power and taking over, you know, so pretty Poland much. Then, then they right. just just like, you know what, we fucked up. Well, we're, how gonna it, go, we're gonna go over there. How it happened was when when we we were over there advising them, we were sending stuff to build their military. You know, then they took Poland, then they took Czechoslovakia, and we're like, okay, you can calm down now. You got you, enough. Well, that wasn't enough for them. Then they decided to take another country, then another country, and they it didn't really get serious for the United States until it got to Britain and France and France. Well, France gave up. France always gives up. The first thing they teach in, in, in the French army. So, oh yeah. god. Anyway, there goes France. I don't Let's know. See, the, I'm the bad guy. I, I don't know this man. Well, it's you know what. Look, I man. do know this man, but you know what? I don't approve. Okay. Well, I slapped him. Thank you. I feel. Bad I slapped now. him again, people. I, 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 I feel, One more time. I feel abused over here. Anyway, that's how it went. And then when they just when, when it's called discipline. When that that stupid fucking. You know, can't stop when, me. You're gonna get canceled. When okay, who's gonna cancel ourselves? <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> so we so dumb moves. Anyways, when Hitler decided to take more and more and more and more, and we told him to stop, well, we had to look somewhere else to, you know, for allies. And when he got to when he got to, you know, France and then England, you know, Great Britain was our biggest ally at the time. You know. Yeah, but they almost lost too. They were end of if they were very close to losing. Yeah, they almost lost. Too. They lost a lot of men. They lost a lot of territory. You know, so but then we went. To, you know, we we, we t- then Russia decided they were going to bomb. They were going to they were going to hold back their stuff from uh, 
from Japan, starve Japan out of oil, or Japan needed somewhere to go. They're like standing like these little kids on a corner going, pick me, pick me, pick me on a basketball court. And nobody's paying attention to them, but they're freezing to death. And they're dying. They have no food. No, They can't keep themselves warm. They figured, you know what? We only have some, if we have a few planes, let's go bomb the United States. And with our blessing, they, the United States let them bomb us. And Russia got involved that way because now Russia is over in the, over in the Pacific Theater. They have to keep a check we on Japan. We got off on we, Nazi ties to the United States. Right. We got involved with them, so that got us into World, World War II. And that's that's well, how it all came down, folks. Well, I mean, it's all it's basically the, it's the all enemy connected, of my enemies, folks. My friend, it still comes back to us because we still funded it at one point. We still sent resources. Yeah. We, we pretty much started. Ba- we pretty much yeah, not, we, not we started were, the whole thing, but like I guess we, we kept the fire alive for that. Yeah, guy, it misguided. was it was like that one scenario where a guy standing over something that's dead with a stick and going, "Hey, do something." That's basically what we did. That's exactly we were. We thought we were. We had Hitler under control. And he all the, all the while he's taking taking taking, and well when it got too when he got too big, then you know you had to run, step back, take a look, go uh, okay we got a problem here. Yeah, it got too big for his britches, and then we turned around and said the enemy of our enemy is our friend. And- okay, so I don't know if he got too big for his britches because if we didn't step in, he his bitch bitches his britches <laughs> might have fit him perfectly. We if the United States would have stepped in by itself. Two things would have happened. This country would have had a revolution in it because we would have said to the president, why are you getting us in this war? We oh, don't, yeah, we don't what, want another war. We just got done with World War One. We don't want another war. Okay, even though back then the war machine made the country prosperous. Yeah. All right? But we you know, we lost men in World War One. We didn't want to get involved in it. People are watching this from a distance. Well, it's happening over in Europe. I don't care. But not realizing that it's going to affect you sooner or later. Okay, because when you squeeze off the rest of the when the rest of the world gets taken over by Germany, they can squeeze you, and you're at their mercy, and you can't yeah. get anything. So when we allowed Japan to get in, well, the second thing that would have happened, we would have been talking German, is because the United States could not handle the entire world by itself. We had to get in the war. We had to. There was no question about it. And that's why you had Roosevelt you know, meeting with the emperor or the, the uh, emissary to Japan the day of Pearl Harbor, because... It, they had to have the – that allowed the American people to say, okay, they bombed us. Now let's go bomb them. You know, it's always – again, what is it? Is anybody paying attention? What do I call that? Problem. Uh, reaction. Reaction. Solution. solution. Exactly. That's exactly I what had happened. the problem part right. That's what happened during that. Okay. Let's, let's reel it back into our, our ties well, and the Nazi test. I know it has something to do with it, but – It all has something to do with it. it. It's, you know, it's a domino effect, and you keep on moving those dominoes, and then, um, you know – Everything leads down to another. But we're going to take a short little break real quick, and then we'll continue this discussion when we get back. Oh, Eric, look. We are by the water finally. Ah, water. You know what you can put water in? You know what water goes great in? Right. My Is This Real Coffee mug that you can get on www.greenarrowmedia.org. I'm not going to drink that. <laughs> and welcome back. So, we were having a discussion about basically World War II. Not about Nazis, but about World War II, which included Nazis, but not all of Nazis. 
What? Yeah. No. What? I know. Get, I was, get to the point. No, I was just confusing everybody. Sorry. So we were talking about um, basically how, you know, the conspiracy theories of World War Two came about and how, you know, the United States got involved and how basically we were the inventor of World War Two, and how we were the puppeteer of World War Two, pulling strings where we wanted them to be pulled. That's and, what we are. And the CIA's involvement and stuff like that. And the yeah. CIA, which basically started out of the OSS, how yeah. they got involved in World War II and were pulling strings. Like from the mad the, scientists the that we are. But... Where the fuck is he going with this? No idea. I I, I mean, it's like a plane. It just took the fuck over. We're all in Yugoslavia. This cocksucker's in Ireland. At least I'm not in Space, Utah. Space, Utah. Anywho. um, They never got back to me, by the way. Yes, we know. Uh, So where are we going next? Are we talking about... Because there's a couple ways, a couple paths we can go from here. Nothing like pre-programming production, I always say. I don't know what the fuck you just said. Pre-programming production. Anywho. We can go from we can I'm go. Trying to be nice, I really am. Oh, that is your special uh, specialty, isn't it? Mm. Being nice, yes, you being go, nice. Can we? Can we go? Can we get yes. to it? So yeah, please, we can sit there and talk. Are we talking about today and uh, the company? No, we're going to talk what? about the Nazi ties to the U.S. And we have to start. I mean, that's where what it all the episode's started. about. Okay. All right. Maybe you should take that fucking hoodie off and maybe we can actually hear what we're talking about. I have. I can hear. Okay, so go. During the the pre-war, 1938, okay, pre-war. up till now, the Nazis have had the United States uh, or companies thereof, um, how can we say this, um, involved, helping them out. I'm going to give you a short little list, and then we're going to explain what each one did during the Nazi thing, and it might just make you a little sick. Because some of the shit is really disgusting. Number one on the list, the Kodak Company. Kodak is an American company. Don't they do like photography or something? Yeah, they take they, they film and cameras and stuff like that. It's a Kodak moment. All right. Through other branches of the Kodak Company, they did heavy business with the Nazi government. Okay. Wilhelm Kepler, one of Hitler's top economic advisors, had deep ties in Kodak. When Nazism began, Kepler advised Kodak and several other U.S. companies that they would benefit by firing all their Jewish employees. Okay, that's number one. We'll move on to Hugo Boss. Now, really? Hugo Boss is a company, they're like a, a company that makes clothing, right? We'll agree on that. I've okay. never heard of them, so. Okay, well, they made the Nazi uniforms, uniforms the boots, the hats, the helmets. All the Nazi regalia. They made it. They're I wonder American, if that line is still in fashion today. Don't, don't. All right. No, you know what? You know what? You know what? Hugo, the reason why, because Hugo Boss is his real name, he joined the Nazi party. He got a contract to make the Hitler Youth Stormtrooper in, U- in SS uniforms. Okay. I know. Well, what, what are you laughing at? We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Howard Dory. And I'm Jess Dory. And we host Plotting Through the Presidents. We take deeply researched, deeply irreverent dives into the myths, mysteries, and scandals of the men and women who shaped America. Join us as we dive deep into topics like... The undeniable ribs of Aaron Burr. The what now? And the odd feeding habits of everyone's favorite founder... 
John, John Adams? Adams. Subscribe and follow Plotting Through the Presidents now to plot along with us. Find out more at plodpod.com. Nothing. All right. I'm not laughing at anything. Okay. All right. Hitler stormtroopers. It got so big making these uniforms that he Youth. actually had to have slaves come in and do it. His son, Siegfried Boss, told an Austrian news magazine, of course my father belonged to the Nazi party, but who didn't belong back then? Must have been the chic thing to do. Damn. Volkswagen. Ferdinand, <laughs> Ferdinand Porsche, the man behind Volkswagen and Porsche, met with Hitler in 1934 to discuss the creation of the people's car. Hold yeah. on. Yeah, no, no, I know that Volkswagen was a... Wait, wait, no, but I, people, I, well, yeah, I, know, well, I know Volkswagen is a German company and had ties in the Nazis, but I didn't know Volkswagen and Porsche were the same, coming from the same company. Yeah, yeah. The same owner, no. same guy. I did not know that. Did you know that? Yeah, because Vol- yes. Volkswagen, yes. Volkswagen... See, I'm not a car person, so... Well, Volkswagen owns Porsche, Audi, uh, Lamborghini, just, believe it or not. I just need four um, wheels and an engine, and, you know. It owns room. a lot. Volkswagen owns a lot. Well, Volkswagen owns Volkswagen's it? probably well, the only one well, on the list Volkswagen, that the Volkswagen company. company owns all those other companies, so like Audi, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Here's another one that's really going to blow your minds. And, 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 and even now, I knew about this one, but even hearing about it now, I, um, a company by the name of Bear, the ones who create the Bear Aspirin, they're owned by IG, IB Farben. Bear? I'm sorry. Bear IG Farben. Aspirin. All right. Ph- pharmaceutical. Oh, a pharmaceutical okay. company that was based- Oh, shit. In Germany, but and also in the United States as well. Um, now, before when I told you guys they were making aluminum, the offshoot of the, the the byproduct of aluminum was a thing called aspartame. Aspartame then became a sweetener and was used in, um, you know, uh, what do you call that? Uh, anything that you use the sugar stuff with, but mostly it was it was used by um, um, sweet and low and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what it was. So. Um, so remember, people, if you use sweet and low, you're a Nazi. It's uh, IG Farben is the company that turned the single largest profit from work with the Nazis. After the war, the company was broken up. Bear was one of its divisions and went on to become its own company, but it still had ties to the Nazis. Oh, and Aspirin was founded by Bear by a Bear employee, Arthur. I'm not even going to try his name, Eichigron. But Eichigron was Jewish, and Bear didn't want it. Admit that the Jewish guy created the one product that kept our company in business. So to this day, Bear officially gives the credit to Felix Hoffman, a nice Aryan man, for inventing aspirin. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I don't know how to pronounce this next one. Siemens. That's how I'm going to say it. Uh, Siemens took slave labor during the Holocaust and had them help construct the gas chambers that would kill them and their families. Good people. Oh, my. Siemens also had the biggest post-Holocaust moment of insensitivity of any of the companies on this list. In 2001, they tried to trademark the word Zyklon. And the reason, I, the, the reason it says that Zyklon B was the gas used in the, cham- in the gas chambers. Okay. Ooh. He tried to trademark the gas? Well, they, they tried to, yeah. Um, uh, which can salute the, uh, the word Zyklon, which means cyclone in German. Um, they wanted to name a new line of products, including a line of gas ovens. <laughs> Zyklon, of course, being the name of the poison gas used in the gas chambers during the Holocaust. <coughs> we won't go into anything more of that. Here's another one. Here's one that's really interesting. You're not, hold on. You're <laughs> not, no, 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 no. You're not just going to go bypass that and say, yeah, yeah, the Nazis wanted to make a line of gas ovens. You're not going to sit there. Huh? It's self-explanatory. What do you want to know? 
That's horrifying. Every, there's nothing on this list that's not horrifying. Jesus Christ. It's going to get really, really horrifying. Hold on. I got to tell Wes that. Wes went to go get his food, people. So if you hear anything in the background, that's what it is. Is Wes in here? Did he close close the garage door? Wes. Close it. Wes. You missed it, Wes. Cold. Wes, apparently. What? Apparently, some 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 Nazi tried to uh, make a line of gas right, ovens. Hold on, he's fucking it all up. But we'll, we'll let him go because he's you know just just say yes, Joe. You know, go away. Okay, Siemens took slave labor during the Holocaust and had to help. Construct and his name is Siemens. Gas chambers that would kill them and their families. Okay, again, Siemens has again the most uh, moment of insensitivity after the war when they decided to they wanted to trademark the name Zyklon. After the gas that was killing the not the killing, the gas that was used in the the gas chambers. Okay, moving right along. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, people. That just that just I'm sorry. <laughs> Coca Cola, Coca-Cola. American company. Is this before or after they they took the cocaine out? Coca Cola played both sides during World War II. They supported Probably the American troops, but also kept making soda for the Nazis. Then, in 1941, the German branch of Coke ran out of syrup, and could only get, and couldn't get away from America because of wartime. Couldn't get any from America because of wartime restrictions. They really, he, so he, he they really invented a they new really, drink. They really ran out of syrup. Specifically for the Nazis, a fruit-flavored soda called Fanta. Fanta. Wait. Fanta. Is wanna still, wait, Fanta. Wait, wait, wanna, wait. wanna wanna so, wanna Fanta. Hold on. I'm good. I'm trying to get this right. Fanta was invented because. They ran out of syrup. Right. Oh, okay. I wonder how Sprite that was, was invented. That was easy. He all night. <laughs> he built that up like I was going to sit there and be like, question. I'm just... What, what is so there basically the Nazis... It just it the, blows Basically the Nazis said, okay, we ran out of Coca-Cola. All we have is the cocaine left. We can't use the cocaine to drink. So let's put some oranges inside with the, the, the carbonated water. And we got Fanta. Yep. Long before Fanta was associated with exotic women in exotic places, they were the unofficial soft drink of the Nazis. They were official what? soft drink. Next Wait. time you go to the store and get yourself a Fanta, I don't know, does anybody drink that shit anymore? I do sometimes. Okay. Anthony does. Well, next time you crack it open <laughs> and you hear, Psss, oh, I don't. It's really not going. Psss, you're going to hear it say Nazi. Okay. You know, as long as I, you know, I think he does have a point because I once heard that once when I was like. No, you were high. No, no. That doesn't mean anything, though. That does mean everything. That doesn't mean anything, though. Because I once really heard it say, Nazi. I gotta be me. Do you have an argument with your Krispies in the morning? No. no. Why would I eat Krispies in the morning? That's Rice not... Krispies. That's... What the fuck you take me for? I eat, I eat eggs. cereal. People eat it in the morning. Do you not? No, I eat eggs. I have protein. I'm not gonna eat a bowl of sugar for breakfast. The fuck? Oh, I forgot who I was talking to. All right. I thought maybe it was just... My imagination. No, no, no. I'm a healthy stone. Look, as long as I don't open up... <laughs> as long as I don't open up... Uh, <laughs> He's a vegan stoner. No, hell no. Fuck that. No, no, nothing wrong with the vegans, but he's, like he's, he's I, I, can't, gone. I couldn't be ve- I couldn't be vegan. I he, couldn't he, be vegan. He's gone. So so we'll Veg- just, vegetarian for sure. Listen, but. listen. As long as I don't open up a can of Fanta and I hear your vol, I'm good. It's gonna say Nazi. No. He's right. He's right. I've heard. I've no, heard you it. You were high. That's I've what heard you were. it. I heard it. That's just that shit really said. It was crazy. It was crazy. Okay. 
<laughs> so, what's the next company besides Coca-Cola? Hold on, I gotta get my shit back together again. All I can, all I came to mind when he said that was to- Luke Dog or Luke Dog. Uh, that fucking one movie. Wow. Don't be a menace, yo. So all I'm saying is, is again, right. was this before or after they took the cocaine out of the Coca-Cola? Well after. That was an early whatever. Okay. The next on the list is Henry Ford. Henry Ford was an anti-Semite, so it would make sense that Henry Ford would get in. Oh, look, it even says it here. It would even make sense that he joined the Nazi party. Okay. Henry Ford was an anti-Semite? He was Hitler's most famous backer. On his 75th birthday, in 1938, Ford received a Nazi medal designed for distinguished foreigners. He profiteered off both sides of the war. He was producing vehicles for the Nazis and for the Allies. You know, so... He's an entrepreneur. Yeah, well... He's a Nazi. You know, I'm going to be honest, that doesn't really surprise me too much after you look at, like, German, like, vehicles and all that and the similarities... But weren't most of the German vehicles Fords anyway? Yeah. They're Mercedes. Well, isn't that, that's not a Ford company, right? Mercedes no. is German. Right, and here's here's another company on the list that single-handedly, in my opinion, could have ended the war for the Nazis before it got started. Standard Oil. Standard Oil, and I'll read you a little paragraph here. The Luftwaffe Lutf- needed tetrathal lead gas in order to get their planes off the ground. Standard Oil was the one of only three companies that could manufacture that type of oil, of fuel, so they did. Without them, the German Air Force could have never even gotten their planes off the ground. All right. When Standard Oil was dissolved as a monopoly, it led to Exxon Mobil, Chevron, and BP, British Petroleum, all of which are still around today. So the Nazis are responsible for the, the giant BP oil spill a couple years ago. Okay, I get it. That's not you're making light of it, but this, this is all part of what yeah, we're talking I know. about. Okay. Okay. So I this is more of a hypothetical, right? Okay. So they did back. Say they didn't back the Nazis. Wouldn't the Nazis still find another way? Because I know they always found ways to do something. I would. I would. Tend to agree with you, but again, that's speculation. Yeah, if that's the case, know? if that's the case, the war would have started like probably in the fifties or the sixties or something. Yeah, you know, they, they, they probably they would have found a, lay, a way, but later on, they would have delayed it, and in them delaying it, that would have gained the United States would have gained more strength. Yeah. The United States then would have became allies and protected our allies like Germany, France, and you know, then maybe they would have not thought about doing what they were doing. You, you're right though to think that way because Germany. The brains behind Germany, no matter how you you know you put it with the Nazis, um, and I want to say the Nazis, I don't want to say Germany, but the Nazi Party was so smart. Yeah, they. I mean, the, the motherfuckers te- made UFOs, bro. The technology. They made, they made hovercrafts. Amazing. They made hovercrafts. Okay. Um, the last one. Don't I look at my... me crazy like that, bro. Actually, they, he's not wrong. They made they made a soup, bro. They made a sound cannon, bro. They wanted to fight. They wanted to knock well, down. They wanted they to knock down. Too. They wanted to knock down some, uh, I forgot what type of fortress or something. And the only way that they could have done it was like literally with like a sound bullet, bro. They like found a way to make a cannon. It was big as fuck. I don't know why you're looking at me, Josh. Here's I'm something that actually happened in 1997, well after the war. Random House parent company Bertelsmann AG worked for the Nazis. They published Hitler propaganda in a book called Sterilization and Euthanasia, a contrib... Contri- Contra- huh? oh boy, a contribution to applied Christian ethics. Bertelsmann still owns and operates several companies. 
Random House was just picked for this article because they drew controversy in 1997 when he decided to expand the definition of Nazis in the Western Webster's Dictionary. So they're trying to change what Nazism is through their power in publishing. Okay, so, what, what what is Random House again? Random House is a publisher, book publisher. Oh, okay. Media. One, one of Medium. several companies. Medium. Or did they change the, the, the term Nazi too, though? I don't have to look that up. I don't, I did the first time. The Anti-Defamation League called that expanded definition offensive, especially when added by a company with Nazi ties. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, oh, here we go. And I, I, I want to go back. I don't think I mentioned IBM was on that list as well. I Wait, think we did. What? I did. All right, well. <laughs> Okay. Obviously, I don't think he did because because Josh went. Josh's brain exploded. IBM. IBM. IBM built computer software for the Nazis. This is even hard for me to say. To schedule people for their deaths, and track them. Oh my! Through a system that they worked out in. Um, a subsidiary they worked out in, in um, I'm trying to think of another country. I can't think of it right now. Just to avoid prosecution in this country, they were taking the, um, they were scheduling people to die, where they're going to die, how they're going to die, when they're going to die. And so you're telling me IBM basically created a spreadsheet for a schedule for, for any. For marking people to death? Camp. All right, I'm going to read you this, and you take it from where you want to take it. I'm not trying to make a joke out no, of that I, either. No, this is not to be a joke. This is. I know get, that's, but that's what I'm saying. It's. Get, did, you know, we got to go to break anytime soon, or we could go. <clears throat> we can go to break after this. All right, I just want to get this point out and let people stew on this for a minute. <clears throat> oh boy, let me find it here. Um, take your time. I know it's not. It's not easy. It's fucked up. All right, IBM, the company further profited from the Holocaust via the Aryanization program, which expropriated Jewish businesses and, pro- and properties, then resold them at f- fire sale prices to approved companies such as Siemens. Okay. Um, I think uh, what you might want to do is go to break, Josh, and then I'm gonna, I got a few things that more I want to hit up with companies. And I got I to... It's not. I'm having all a right. moment in, all right? All right, so we're going to go quickly to a break because uh, we need to gather our thoughts. Hey, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. If you need a professional photographer, then we here at Green Arrow Media recommend Captured Moments by Danielle. Professional headshots, school pictures, family, holiday vacations, you name it, she can shoot it. She even does engagement photos as well as boudoir shots for both women and couples. So if you're located in New Jersey or Pennsylvania and you're looking for a professional photographer, remember to contact Captured Moments by Danielle at www.capturedmomentsbydanielle.com. Welcome back, everybody. And um, we gathered our thoughts. Dad, do you want to continue? Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's a depressing thing, uh, you know learning this stuff but again it has to be said and, and this, this this is our episode of nazis so we have to say it and it's it's kind of gut-wrenching when you think about it but ibm uh in 1941 the united states joined the war okay through archival records reveal secret correspondence of ibm higher-ups 
to set up a Dutch, I was saying earlier, Dutch subsidiary in lieu of the German one, through which the company could then sell their product, IBM, to the Germans. So they pretty much set up a a, a Dutch right. uh, company. So they could avoid being prosecuted in the United States. By then, it was clear just how the Nazis were being are using the, the IBM's technology. But the company continued to supply them with the capabilities to easily identify Jews and other undesirables. And here's where it gets a little sickening. The company furnished the Germans with means to track millions of their targeted victims from their home and work addresses through arrest to transportation to ultimate fate in a concentration or exter extermi extermination camps. IBM's role continued even with, within the death camps for which to set up specific codes such as Camp Code 001 for Auschwitz and 002 for Buchenwald. Prisoner Code 8 was for Jews and 11 was for Gypsies. Status Code 5 meant execution by order and status code six was for death by gas chamber. Damn. So, so they even. Damn. So they pretty much they set up the programming. They they set up the entire software for for all of them. The archives include punch cards developed for statisticians who reported to the SS leader Heinrich Hendler and Adolf Eichmann, the SS officers in charge of the Holocaust logistics. IBM has criticized the research and the underlying IBM and the Holocaust. It's a book, but it was denied. But but has not denied the explosive charges contained in the book. That's a little hard to read. It's a little hard to even fathom. You know, you, all through the years you sit there and you, you realize, well, the Nazis were this. They did this. They did that. I but mean, we know we know better though. We do if, now. If we if we really sit back and think about it, we're we're not any better. That's an American company. That's that's. That was doing all that shit. Well, it's an American company. You can't blame that on America. You can blame it on America. Well, it's, on it's, it, greed. Yeah. it goes the same thing with, with, with anything. Like if, if you think about it, you could blame. You, you're not going to blame Americans for, you know, the, what the government does. You know, like no, of course. I mean, if the I, government goes out and and takes down a a, a a country, a country somewhere else, you can't blame all Americans for that. You have to blame the people <clears throat> in charge of that. But this is, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, it's our government, so that people, so then, uh, but then people are gonna look at us like we're all like that. Well, I mean, that's what happens everywhere. Like, unfortunately, like the Middle East has a very bad name to it, not because of the, the actual people living in middle in in the Middle East. No, they're all love. They're, most of them, most of them are all like nice people. But everybody I, that everybody that I've met that's from the Middle East is pretty much. I, I work with a group of Middle Eastern people and f from from Egypt. And if you hear and, the stories, and if you hear the stories, like like what happens in Palestine and everything, is great. It's crazy, bro. Like, yeah. you, like you really can't believe that like people like really treat these people like that. It's unbelievable. Exactly, it's you, unbelievable. You can't believe what what you're being told. It's literally unbelievable. It, it's, it's like something out of a horror film that you get is. told, and you're just like, "What the fuck? This really happened?" Like, yeah. I mean, we can do an episode <clears throat> on on Palestine, Israel, and that's gonna blow people's minds because it ain't gonna be the same shit you're gonna hear on the news. Yeah. Oh right. no! Oh no! But, <laughs> no! 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 It's nay, nay, nay. Nay, nay, nay. But um, but yeah, like like you can't sit there. Like, granted, IBM is an American company, but I guarantee, especially if you think 
Well, not to pre, cut you, not pre, to cut you off, man. He said it. He said it in the at the top of the article. It was the higher ups. So it's just the yeah. select few people at the top of this company that and, are really yeah, like know like about this you, stuff. Yeah, and if you turn around and think about it, I guarantee this. Remember, this is pre JFK assassination. Basically, granted, with with all the racism that was going on, it's still America. You you would think America was uh, America's innocence was still there. You know, oh, America uh, didn't know about it. Yeah, we didn't know about it. Okay, and, and yeah, I we weren't, we weren't, we weren't questioning. We weren't questioning anything Thank back you. then. We That's weren't yeah. questioning yeah. anything back then. We were just like how you like how you said like we were just being told, "Yo, this is going on." Okay. Yeah, you see, we've gone from early stuff like that where we didn't question anything. We took everything we were told, and you had pride in your country. You know, barbecues, hot dogs, apple pie, American baseball, whatever you want to say, and we believed everything we were fed. Now. It got to the point where nobody believes anything they're fed, except the weak-minded. You pick a side and you believe whatever they say. You know that's that's the problem we have in this country. And that's why we have a division in this country because you got the left is going to believe everything the left's going to say because it fits their agenda. It's a fucking agenda for everything, and the right's going to do the same thing. Nobody's innocent here, but back then everybody was innocent. We all said, okay. Government must be doing it for a reason. I'm not even going to bother questioning. I'm going to look this way. And again, that back then, we didn't have the technology we have now where anybody can seek out anything you want to seek out, you know, and you can question but that, anything. That's the funny thing about it, though, is it, the technology, not that the technology is as advanced as it is today, because obviously it's not, but it was getting there. The thing with the technology back then, it wasn't available to the American people, not the American people, it wasn't available to the masses to begin with. Oh, no, like the military, the military has always been ahead of the curve for like exactly. for like 60, 70 years before and, the people even get stuff. And, and to, be, to sit there and have, um, like, like I said, this whole IBM and them basically creating a system <clears throat> to track and hunt down the undesirable, whether it be Jewish, whether it be gypsies, whatnot, and actually have codes and regimens to, you know, track and and exterminate these people the mass general population didn't have technology like that back then you're talking about a a you're talking about stuff we still use today mm -hmm. except in a digital form i, I want to break in there for a second not to cut you off joey but there's remember before i said that you know the united states didn't get into the war because we didn't we couldn't because of well, know, we needed an excuse to get right. in there well, and we were partnering basically with ourselves and, and other powers. Here's a little line, and this is from the Bear Aspirin IG Farben thing. Uh, began even, um, Bear Aspirin was founded in 19, 1863 as an independent company, but in 1925 became part of IG Farben, a union of major chemical companies modeling themselves after Standard Oil in a quest to form a monopoly. The new conglomerate would go on to participate in numerous atrocities during the Nazi era. It began, this is where it's very important, it began even before the war broke out when the Western powers, us, anybody in the West, handed Czechoslovakia to Hitler in a, in a failed attempt at appeasement. What that means is we said, look, we'll let you take Czechoslovakia, but that's it. And when he took Czechoslovakia, he went on to his next abomination. We knew it wasn't going to be it. That's why we had to get Now, like mind you, you we're doing this, and the country's people at that time were in a huge depression. Well, they were they were poor. They weren't they, yeah. they you know they had no means of help of of of, of defending themselves. Now, granted, I, I guarantee you you sat there because uh, obviously we all know, and that's just a general 
uh, uh, acknowledgement that war and and stuff to war is big money, profitable. and it's very profitable. And to sit there and get basically get into World War II helped America get out of the Depression and into the booms of the 40s and 50s. Well, yeah, any war will do that. Any any war will put people to work, build the war machines, build... You know, everybody's working, everybody's prospering, companies are being rich. But to think about that, people were doing that. Now, granted, it wasn't as big, but people are doing that to send these machines over. Not send, but help build these machines for the Nazis. It's kind of fucked up to think about. Yeah, it yeah. still goes on to this day if you think about it, man. I would say that's a 50-50 thing because we did it for ourselves as well. It, no, makes I it, know. it makes it no better. We did it for ourselves. The, there's people, company was doing it for the other side. There was probably people over there doing it for both sides too, as for all we know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's double-edged well, sword. It's fucked up to think about, but that from the German, unfortunately, I- that's what comes with war. Well, the German, the, the, the groups in Germany that we're doing, the one we're talking about, IG Farben, that was actually a, a German company uh, and broken up. It says Standard Oil was an American company. IBM was an American company. Um, the tentacles for, IB, for uh, IG Farben um, um, let's also say the same thing about Poland. We, we tried to you know, stop the invasion of Poland by saying enough is enough, but they went on. All right, I'm going to read you this little article, and it's it might make you a little queasy here. I, I'm going to just go on. When the uh, when the Holocaust began, German authorities grew concerned that their initial means of killing Jews and other undesirables, such as mass shootings or gassing in vans, very slow and inefficient, and took too much of a psychological toll on the murderers. Well, fucking excuse me. So now they did make me feel bad for them. IG Farman owned a cyanide-based insecticide, Zyklon B, and proposed it to its use in sealed rooms as a speedy means of disposing of large numbers of people. Tests proved them right, and thus were born the gas chambers of the extermination camps. IG Farman would go on to produce and supply the Nazis with all the Zyklon B gas canisters they needed to kill millions of men, women, and aspirin. People, if you're listening to this, next time you pop open a bare aspirin or anything created by IG Farben, think about the people that they killed. Think about the people that were sent to their fucking deaths because of the company you made that made your aspirin that you're going to take your precious little headache away from you. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, this is a tough episode to get through. Uh, they could have stopped the war right there. They could have stopped the Nazis right there. But the, the bottom line was the dollar. They work with these motherfuckers. To kill millions and millions of millions of innocent people, and they're allowed to continue to work today. It should be closed down. Well, that goes to say for any government or any company or nation, whatever it is, for them, half the time it all—that's all it is—is is money wise. They don't care about the human lives that get no. lost. Though it's right. just they care about winning whatever the issue is and, this and is- making money off of it. it it's a really scary thing to think about when our country was involved britain france germany russia all of them japan i mean you can have some kind of defense saying well some people did it in order to just survive like we partially mentioned before about japan being starved um of resources and stuff like that i mean those types of things can force other countries and people like that to do what they feel is necessary to survive but at the end of the day, it's still wrong, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know if that that when it comes to the Holocaust, 
in general, uh, that that whole you know having to do or for this to survive, that goes out the window when you're basically exterminating people for no good reason. Well, that calls on all the people and parties involved. If they see they know they're doing something wrong, there's no reason to sit there and exterminate people, and they still go with it. That's that is a different story. I do I agree with you. It does go out the door. But, like, for certain situations, not for all, obviously, as I'm saying, like, not to condone the actions of what the Japanese people did, but to randomly bomb something else because they're starving is a catalyst for something worse when it didn't need to happen and it could have been handled a different way. Obviously, it wasn't because we have the history to prove it. Well, yeah, the, the the whole bombing of Pearl Harbor and what led up to the bombing of Pearl Harbor is is a whole episode unto itself. Yes. And it's a whole, basically, conspiracy theory that you could sit there and debate about whether or not, you know, you believe in that whole conspiracy theory or not. But when it comes to this, when it comes to the extermination of millions of people for no reason at all except for, oh, I don't like them, or they took down my country... Th- that argument goes out the window. Oh yeah, no, no, it does. It, it and does. it has no bearing on what they did, and it has no, you know, ha- has no place in the world. But that also does go speak to, I guess you would say, ideology. Okay. Um, I have no idea what that says. It 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 speaks to people's ideology and what they believe and how much they believed into it in order to sit there and it completely ignore what I guess you could say human decency not to sit there and take life like they did. That's how strong it was for them. They, I, I it's like they believed it that hardcore where they didn't question things. Right. They just did what they were told. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, some did believe in what. Nazis did, or what America did, or what well, France no, did, whatever. I mean, you could sit there, and that—that's—that's that's a whole debate whether you believe in uh, wartime stuff and everything like that. Like that is—that's a whole debate whether or not you know you sit there and say you know uh, you know you're fighting on the side of the Nazis. You, if you believe in what the Nazis believe in, or you believe in what the Americans believe in, it's not a whole thing of belief. It's—it's it's really. Again, it's it, again killing innocents, women, children, men that have done nothing wrong. There's no, it, there's no bearing whether you think it's good for the earth or not. Like, I I don't want to hear that. Well, no, no, it speaks to people's morality more so because it's like if you can get past, not that you should, but if you can get past the fact of being okay with killing innocent people you're going to end up blindly following the leadership. That's not something that should happen. Well, no, I get that. But it does, and it's unfortunate, and that's what's sickening. Because even back then, that's exactly what happened. You had the regime of Nazis blindly following Hitler. I mean, who knows? There could have been defects within within the leadership or, you know, down the road. And some people were like, this isn't good, whatever, and they quit or you know they trade sides that's something that's a totally different ball game no I, again i don't think they they i don't think you had people quitting or chains because you had i don't know the the movie um uh, valkyrie right yeah but that did. was a true story right basically it was his own people trying to kill him 
yeah. within themselves. Like I think I think even his own people started to figure out, okay, this shit's gone sideways very quickly. Yeah. And figured, okay, this needs to end and the only way we can end it is by popping this motherfucker. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They end and, up seeing that it is gone too far and that's where they can <clears throat> take some initiative. The problem is especially with these companies that um you sit there and today you're you're the, the people don't realize what some of these companies have done in the uh what you want to call it in the the helping of extermination of millions of people well it it's comes from it comes from a very very disjointed view of history you know it's always saying to the winner the guy who wins can create the history yeah okay yeah well, that's what happens when you got people that are producing the history books. The guy from the from the uh, the one we just read before, Random House Publishing, he's got tentacles. I'm sure if you check in some of those tentacles, the the story that we're being that we're being done. Now, did anybody learn this in, in in history class about Zyklon B? No. Has no. anybody learned about? We knew about the gas, but the gas not chambers. Like to it that. was a general. It was yeah, general. Yeah, yeah, general. Yeah, it wasn't knew. to that degree. Right. And it didn't that tell you who produced said. them. It didn't tell you. Well, no, no. they never said anything about these companies exactly. being. This is because history gets told by the victors. It doesn't get told by the people who lose. The people who lose that, are usually that they dead. They were using gas, and I think they they create they created the gas or something right. like that. They don't go into but the specifics. problem. You're right, but the problem, and it goes to the moral. I guess the moral of it for us, at least for this country, is we're the victors. I don't think anybody won during World War II, Joey. I, I, I mean, maybe you, I, mean, I see the way you're saying. I get it, but again, if you really look deep down, we're still losing. We're still buying products from these people. We're still going and and, and paying. You know, when 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 people go I mean, and buy, yeah, from, I see I see where you're going with it because we took in them same them same scientists that were kill that were killing in all those people. That's our next segment. So and stuff. So and and you know, before we get into this next topic, you have to sit there and kind of. And granted, it's only what sixty, no, seventy years ago, or well, eighty now. Uh, eighty, yeah. You know, you that's still not a, that's still not a long it's, time. It's it's not a long time, but the, you have to sit there and you know you blame the next people for it and you know, the companies. You know, yeah, where you do where, because yeah you do if if i can st- if if i have to have a statue of christopher columbus taken down by somebody who calls himself the woke crowd okay and they're going to tell me what's right because simply because they don't like slavery well you know what if you want to take a pig you want to take a, a thing down to thomas jefferson like they did the other day a founding father of this country i get it he was a slave owner no doubt about it okay so if you're going to take that down then i want to hear you bitch and moan about ig farben i want to hear you take some of those people down you know what the thing is that the people don't get fed this information so that they so that they don't so they don't know all the atrocities that most of these companies that we still buy products from do. Yep, that's the problem. Or what they did back then, because if what they do, if what they were doing nowadays is like sickening, imagine back then where regulations were just like what regulations. The thing too is if you're going to take down everything that somebody done, if, if you're going to shut off everybody, not to get on a woke crowd thing, but if you're going to shut down people who've made a mistake in their life, not saying hey, slavery is a mistake, it wasn't a mistake, it was calculated. Well, the, them owning, but, it, the, it, but, but, but slavery was a, a mistake, but them owning it was 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 a calculated thing. Like I, it was a mistake for the country, but it was, yes, that's, it was done that's what I was trying on to purpose. say because you can't minimize the way you, slavery. it sounded. I was sitting okay. there like slavery is a mistake, Dad. It is no. <laughs> but, what wait, I mean, wait a minute. Backtrack. No, what I mean is, 
You can call ah, it a mistake. Record scratch. For the country, a black eye on a, a black dot on the soul of the nation, but it was calculated. Calculations aren't mistakes. They're done on purpose. But you know what? That was 300 years ago, and we're still bitching and moaning and whining about it, and we're taking down statues about it, and we're doing this and we're doing that. But we don't say a goddamn thing about the people that fucked up six million people. Yeah, why can't we do anything about that? Exactly. Let's let's shut down some of these countries, companies. Let's tell IBM to take their computers and shove them up their ass. Well, again, like like Eric said, I don't see anybody protesting them though, because it's not public knowledge. You're right, and that's my that was the start of this entire conversation. That somewhere along the line, history has to be, has got to be changed. History has to be told in a from neutral truth, way. From, from the truth, exactly. From the truth is just like listen. So and so may have won this battle, but do you know the the war crimes that they did to even win this well, battle I mean, and stuff like that? Like but, shit, shit like, okay, shit like that. That it's that's tough. It's tough to put that out when there. You, yeah, when you go down that path and you say that history has to be told unbiasedly, uh, yeah, that's hard to do when, like you said, the other side of the 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 other side of the the coin is dead. No, people are gonna, if you, uh, Joe. I'm, or I'm, oppressed. I know that the like I, I got where you're going with it. Like they're gonna put more. They're going to exaggerate the truth into what happened to them because they lost, and they or, take it more personal. Is that where you're going with it? No, no it, it's I'm, it's I'm hard saying, to sit there and and get the other side of the coin when there is no other no, side of the coin to tell not, the tale. No, I disagree with you because history is history. History has happened. We know what happened. If I walk into a uh, if I do something historic, well, I know what happened. And if I did something that it's going to benefit me, but I know what happened. I should be able to say this happened. Or if other people say uh, a, a shooter randomly shoots up a school. He goes into the shooter, shoots up school, whatever you want to call it. Well, they know what happened. Don't tell me the leanings of, of, of what might have happened or don't have the people that actually did the problem and supplied the, the you know and created the mess publishing books about it to our school children and then have these dopey teachers pushing this agenda simply because it skates right over it. It goes with everything. Everything is told in a way that no, nobody gets deep into details. You know, what's that one guy that had the, uh, the one little show? Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. All right. On, on HBO, yeah. Right. And, and basically he told you exactly how history went down in an unbiased manner. Well, it can be done, but it doesn't get done. And that's where the problem we have. Because by the time everybody finds out about but, it, nobody gives a shit. I don't know. I, like, Except, of we, course, if it's okay, slavery. We, we, have to sit, we have to go to a break. The only All thing right. I'm going to say to that is it's hard to sit there and, and especially if you're, not, if, you're, if you're not there. And we're talking about stuff that happened 80 years ago. Oh, you're absolutely You're relying on honesty. You're relying on people being honest. And 99% of that problem goes out the window in how history is told. Oh, I, I agree with you. So we're going to take a short little quick break. I know this episode's a little bit longer than usual, but it's a lot to cover. So we have maybe two, I believe, two more segments to get through. And then we will be right back after this uh, break. Green Arrow Media has partnered up with StepUpWellness.com. Are you looking for a program to help support a healthy lifestyle? It's never too late for a healthy change, believe me. Today is your lucky day. Check out StepUpWellness.com. It has over 500 different products to choose from, all with your health in mind. They have supplements and vitamins, protein bars and shakes and powders and drinks. Anything that's going to go into your body to make you feel better and live better, StepUpWellness.com has it. 
If you're in the market for online health, wellness, and fitness products, then look no further. Go to stepupwellness.com today. And welcome back. We are back from our fourth break this episode. Like I said, it's a little bit longer, a lot to cover. Third. Third? Third break. One, two, three. Four. No, three. Sorry. Okay. Never mind. You can't count. No, I can't. That's all right. That one that looks like one is actually the intro. Oh, see? So I'm. Okay. It's not a break. Fuck you. <laughs> Anywho, we have one more major thing to cover with at least the. Well, I mean, there's a lot to cover with the Nazis and the, the, yeah, the ties cover it all, that's for sure. to the U.S. government. But there's a, there's a big one that led to something big um, Operation Paperclip. Yeah, Operation Paperclip. Now, we don't know why it's called Operation Paperclip, but... Uh, but you know the weird thing is? It's legitimately the first thing that pops up on Google. If you, I did it myself. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, right it here, too. even right here in front of this computer as we're recording, I put U.S. ties... Uh, I'm sorry, Nazi ties to the U.S. government, and the first fucking thing that pops up is Operation Paperclip on three different websites. Operation Vaporclip. Yes. Um, so, that do you want to read it? You want me to read it? You can start off, and you know I read the other ones that you can go up with. It. <clears throat> All right. So, Operation Paperclip was a secret United States intelligence program in which more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians were taken from former Nazi Germany, excuse me, to the U.S. for government employment after the end of World War II in Europe between 1945 and 1959. Conducted by the Joint Intelligence uh, Objectives Agency, or GIOA? J-I-O-A. J-I-O-A. It was largely carried out by special agents of the U.S. Army's Counterintelligence Corps, CIC. Many of these personnel were former members and some were former leaders of the Nazi Party. The primary purpose for Operation Paperclip was for U.S. military advantage in the Soviet-American Cold War and the space race. In comparable operations, the Soviet relocated more than 2,200 German specialists, a total of more than 6,000 people, including family members, with Operation... I'm not even going to try to say that name. I'm just going to say Oso. uh, During during one night in October uh, of 1946. Uh, in nineteen in February of nineteen forty five, Supreme Headquarters Allied Expeditionary Force or SHAFE set up T Force or a special section su- a subdivision, which grew to over two thousand personnel by June. T Force examined five thousand German targets with a high priority on synthetic rubber and oil catalysts, new designs in armored equipment, V two weapons, which would be a rocket, jet and rocket propelled aircrafts naval equipment, field radios, secret writing chemicals, aeromedicine research, gliders, and, quote, scientific and industrial personalities, end quote. When large numbers of German scientists began to, discover, began to be discovered in late April, special section subdivisions set up the enemy personnel exploitation section to manage and interrogate them. Enemy Personnel Exploitation Section established a detention center, Dustbin, first in Paris and later in Kranzberg Castle outside Frankfurt. The U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff 
excuse me again, established the first secret recruitment program called Operation Overcast on July 20th, 1945, initially to, quote, to assist in shortening the Japanese war and to aid our post-war military research, end quote. The term overcast was the name first given by the German scientist family members for the housing camp where they were held in Bavaria. In late 1945, the JCS established the JIOA, a subcommittee of the Joint Intelligence Committee, a community, to direct oversee Operation Overcast and later Operation Paperclip. The JIOA representatives included the Army's Director of Intelligence, the Chief of the Na- of Naval Intelligence, the Assistant Chief of Air Staff 2, and a representative from the State Department. In 1945, Operation Overcast was renamed Operation Paperclip by Ordnance Corps officers who would attach a paperclip to the folders of those rocket uh, experts whom they wished to employ in America. Got your answer. Yes, we got our answer, Joshua. That's why it's called Operation Paperclip. In a secret circulated in a secret directive circulated in September 3rd, 1946, President Truman officially uh, officially approved Operation Paperclip and expanded it to uh, include 1000 German scientists under quote temporary limited military custody, end quote. Yeah, that's kind of a pretty vague statement. So uh, they pretty much took German scientists and pretty much gave them a job. Exactly. In the U.S. government. Here's they, the deal. they said, here, you killed thousands and thousands of people. Do you want a job? Yeah. Well, they did it because we were in a Cold War with Russia at the time, and we needed their help. We needed to... Pick up, pick, pick their uh, their bones about what the, we knew. The Nazis were extremely <laughs> were extremely um, advanced, and we wanted to figure out how they were advanced. And you know, if you really do your research, it goes kind of deep. We're not going to get into it now, but it goes into deep, you know, into the occult and everything else. The Nazis had their hand in everything, mm-hmm. and you can figure out how they did everything. One thing, two things actually came out of it that really are they they I, I can I can say benefited the United States. Werner von Braun, all right, he was a, a, a scientist that came out of Nazi Germany, and he, he worked a lot with uh, engines and aircraft and stuff like that. But he was the chief architect of the Saturn V launch vehicle that sent our rockets into space. So he actually was behind getting our rockets off the ground. And now part of that also is used in um, nuclear bombs. You know, reentry vehicles and all this other stuff. So you, so so in other in in the in the most simplest of ways that my feeble mind can comprehend, you telling me that a Nazi helped us get get us to the moon? Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Yes. And, and I have. Oh, go I on. got one more. Adolf, Adolf uh, Bozeman Boozman was responsible for the swept wing, which improved aircraft performance at high speed. And I don't know much about that, but I could I can understand. He that. made okay. planes. Go faster. Okay. okay, to put a perspective on that, that um, so currently during the time the United States had the fastest um aircrafts when it comes to military specializations. So he was the one who helped forward uh the current at the time it was the F one one fives. I I don't remember exactly what a uh, brand was, but those exact same planes were the ones that could outspeed any Russian jet during surveillance. There you go. So he 
something good. Is our bookworm. Yeah, well, you know what? We need that. We need so, facts. We need facts on this show. Yeah. So, the Nazis. So, so, in other words, the Nazis helped us get us to the moon and made our planes go faster. He is our high. Correct. <laughs> he is our simple, simple high maker. Yeah, no, you're right. So that there. We have one for the really smart people and one for the really high people. worked for us in a certain way. We made something good. We made lemon lemonade out of lemons. You know, lemons is actually not a real thing. But okay, so there's um. You you, hold, oh, you know what? You know I'll explain what? after. Yeah. Uh, there's more that that the rivals from App uh, Operation Paperclip. So in May 1945, the U.S. Navy received in custody, quotes, Herbert A. Wagner, the inventor Why of. Does that name sounds so familiar. It does. It does. <laughs> Uh, the inventor of the HS-293 missile. For two years, he first worked at the Special Devices Center at Castle Gould and at Hempstead House, Long, uh, Long Island, New York. In 1947, he moved to the Naval Air Station Point Mugu, or Mugo, whatever the hell you want to call it. In August of 1945, Colonel Holger Tofty, head of the rocket branch of the Research and Development Division of the U.S. Army Ordnance Corps, offered initial one-year contracts to the rocket scientists. 127 of them accepted. In September 1945, the first group of seven rocket scientists, aerospace engineers, arrived at Fort Strong, located on Long Island in Boston Harbor. Uh, Werner von Braun, Eric... W. Newbert, uh, Theodore A. Popel, William August Schwulz, Eberhard Rees, Willem Jungert, and Walter Schwedetsky. If I butchered any of those names, I completely am sorry, but they're a little difficult. Those are the first seven that, that arrived in 1945. Here in America. The cream of the cream. Yeah, here in America. In Long Island and Boston. Uh, beginning in late 1945, three rocket scientist groups arrived in the United States for duty at Fort Bliss, Texas, and at White Sands Proving Grounds, New Mexico, as War Department Special Employees. In 1946, the uh, United States Bureau of Mines employed seven German synthetic fuel scientists at a Fisher Trops chemical plant in Louisiana, Missouri. Um, on now just synthetic fuel. It's like fake fuel, right? That's what it is. Correct. Okay. On fake, it's just it's not natural. Okay. On June first, nineteen forty nine, the chief of ordnance of the United States Army designated Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama, as the ordnance rocket center. Its first, uh, uh, its facility for rocket research and development. On April 1st, 1950, the Fort Bliss Missile de- uh, Development Operation, including Von Braun and his team of over 130 paperclip members, was transferred to Redstone Arsenal. So now Von Braun is at two places. And he's he's the biggest one, I think. Yeah, you know, the, these are, as you're going... That's the same, guy, mean, that's the same guy that uh, that helped the, the rockets take off to the moon, right? Yes. Right. This is what it's all leading to. Yeah, it all comes down to basically we took people in that we knew could help us to uh, gain an advantage on Russia. Russia did the same thing, but they didn't take the people that that could help them like well, our people. Help they got the wrong people. Yeah. Right. 
So between 1945 and 1952, the United States, uh, I'm sorry, in early 1950, legal U.S. residency for some of the uh, Project Paperclip scientists was affected through uh, the U.S. consulate on Suadad, uh, I guess, Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico. Thus, German scientists legally entered the United States from Latin America. And that's, you know. Well, I don't think you really got to go more than that. But, I, you know, here's what this comes down to. You know, like you, you get a, you'll, you'll get a trial in, say, the mafia where they, they, they flip one guy and they say to the guy, you know, you tell us. What, John Gotti. Perfect example. John Gotti and um, what, what was his henchman's name? The guy that was, uh, I can't think of his name. Anyway. That guy. Well, yeah, they were together for the longest time. And it turned out that Are you talking about the bull? Sammy Gravano, correct. You know, they 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 ran things. Sammy Gravano was in line to be the 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 next boss or second in charge or whatever. Would never rat on anybody. He was Gotti's right-hand man. When they offered him a deal because the heat got too much for him, he took the deal. And he gave them what they wanted. So in essence, the United States gave these guys a deal to give up what they knew would help us. And they gave them a pass. I you're, just have you're a Nazi, but okay, you were a Nazi, you killed all these people, but you can help us. So we'll forgive you if you can help us achieve our goal. So that's basically what it comes down to. So just one more thing yeah. to add because it just it shows the length of what this operation, I guess you would call it, or project, uh, uh, stand, uh, you know, went on for. Right. So it says, overall, through its operations to 1990, Operation Paperclip imported 1,600 men as part of the intellectual rep- uh, reparations owed to the U.S. and the U.K., valued at $10 billion in patents and industrial processes. Jesus Christ. Think about that. That's fucking crazy. So you're telling me that those 1,600 men in the course of 30-plus years that they were importing them made them over $10 billion? In patents and industrial and patents, processes. That $10 billion is a drop in a bucket over the long haul. In patents, I, that's, patents. that's still a lot of money, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's in and, and, and over 30 years. Like, my guy's got seven cents in his wallet. Yeah, that's a but lot But what I'm saying is you, you would think, like, everybody hey, thinks of World War II. Fucking and, double cheeseburger, yeah. You know, and you, everybody thinks of World War II, like we were talking about 80 years ago. 1990 is only 30. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this stretched on for a good minute into, like, you know, you were born, you were married with two children by 1990. So it's not like this episode I was, was still going f- good. You just had to fuck everything up, didn't you? Uh, I was float. <laughs> I was floating somewhere. Thank you, dude. We both were. But but what I'm saying is like you know, you sit there in, in, in 1990. You know, you you want to say was God floating. is it was so long ago. But it, it, Joshua it, and I were the only ones alive in 1990. Yep, I was floating. I hate that you just fucking said that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my club, Joshua. The rest of you fuckers were still swimming in your father's balls. Shut up. You're right here. <laughs> so my balls hurt. But yeah, so he it's is a big boy, I know. It's 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 crazy to think that it was just these people are still working in our government up until nineteen ninety. Yeah. And 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 like that ties so much together. Sure does. But we're gonna take another short break or you have something to add? 
I was to say that also begs the question real quick before we take the break. Uh, what was it that they did for us that has propelled us from back then till now? I actually could probably answer some of that stuff. Okay, bookworm, go. Okay, so first off, like I said earlier with the Jets. Um, they made our planes go faster. Thank uh, you. Yeah, actually, so Thanks, for sir. a good, like, what, I think 20, not 20, maybe... Fact check me if I'm wrong, but point being, they for a good amount of years, we had the fastest jets in the Cold War in the world. Period. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like no one can compete. Period. Help from Project uh, Paperclip. Um, you know, atomic bombs also had a hand in that. But also, we still we there's blew shit up. There's still a lot of things that we don't know that could be weapons. You know, I'm going to use this book that I read back in high school as an example, but it's a fictional book, of course. But um, Cat's Cradle. Uh, there was a scientist in this. There was a scientist in this book who helped with the atomic bomb. Um, it's not directly stated that he was a part of this, but his name was Felix Honecker. You know, if it sounds more of a German last name descent, it's kind of implied with all the World War II incentives. But in this case, um, this fictional weapon was created. Was called Ice Nine. It was a weapon that basically turned any mole- any water molecule into a solid in room temperature. The point being, like That's stuff terrifying. like. Yeah, so their goal was for the Marines to use it to basically clear out clear out swamps. But this was also during the time, during the Cold War, as a secondary weapon. Again, there's a lot of things we don't know. You know, you can also base some things off of, you know, a little more, um, you know, a little more, I guess you say, uh, hypotheticals, like you can guess. Right. But a lot of um, modern-day weaponry on ships, uh, Hitler's Gustav cannon, the cannon of Gustav, the world's largest weapon that took... However long it made, but it was the most powerful. Had to be held by train. You could see some kind of like you know representation, inspiration from stuff like that. Yeah. Even though even um German tacticians, you know like um earlier state of stormtroopers, you know the idea of uh blitzkrieg stuff like that. Yep. So a lot of stuff could be taken from um military at least military wise. Right. I can't expand on anything else like you know like economics or oh, statistics. Right. But most of like a lot of military things were inspired or might have been like deduced from like these uh project paperclip. Can you imagine if it went the other way? If these people that we took wound up in Russia. Exactly. We wouldn't be talking right now. Mm-hmm. I'd be dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, so thanks. again, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so but yeah, so you know, we're gonna take a short little break, and then we're gonna go into our closing arguments, I guess you would call it, um, and figure out what we want to do for this because there's a lot to go off of. But we will be right back. Back. Wow. Hi, this is Anthony from Multimedia Mafia. If you love what we do and you want to know more about us, head on over to GreenArrowMedia.org. On there, you're going to find links to both Multimedia Mafia's show and our sister show, Is This Real?, which is all about conspiracies and aliens and all sorts of wonderful stuff like that. If you want to support us, head on over to our merch page where you can buy a hat or a mug. We have lots of different designs and cool colors. If you want to meet us, we got pictures up there. We have a little biography, and you can even stream the show right through the website. And hey, don't forget to check out our YouTube link where you can check out all the filming that we do right on our YouTube page. Check us out, greenarrowmedia.org. And welcome back. So to finish off this episode, you know, usually um, we sit there and try to ask a question. 
And we've done this like a couple times now, I think, when you haven't like really had a question to ask whether we believe it or not, because all this is true. All this is out there. What you heard tonight is all fact. I believe. It's not like we're sitting here making this shit up. There's an actual, there's, there's, there's proof of all of it there. You just, like we were saying before, it's not in the history books. You're not going to see it in the history books. You're not going to see it in, 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 on the news. You, you have to actually go out there. And, and research it because it's there. It's in plain sight. And you're not going to see what's in front of you. That's what. That's how they get shit like this by. So if anybody has anything to add or whether or the biggest thing that really, I don't know, really, really took them by surprise tonight. But because I learned a couple things tonight, I'll be honest. And, and like I didn't do a lot of research because I think all of our our. our uh, uh, schedules have been hectic this week with Thanksgiving and whatnot. So the pagan day. Okay. Here All we right, go. Eric. Every every holiday is a pagan. It is. Anywho. All right. Um, if there's anything that that you guys really took back and was like, holy shit! I know, Dad, you had a very hard time getting through this episode. It's you know again, it goes back to what you learn as a kid, and then you sit there and you do the research for the show, and then you read some of the stuff. Um, it was a horrible time for our country. It was a horrible time for the world, uh, and and it was a horrible time for people in general, uh, humankind. And I say that I don't say that lightly because humans are supposed to act differently. Now, that's just on the Nazi end of it, or the 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 killing end of it. But when you get to the point where people have, and you said this so eloquently, Joshua, before that it doesn't matter corporations in this country or in this world only worry about the bottom line and it's their dollars and when they are allowed to continue unchecked things will happen like this as long as their bottom line is being met and when you see that products that are on our store shelves to this day have ties to death and and, and nobody questions it and nobody asks about it it gets to be a little daunting and yeah tonight was a tough a tough, a tough episode to get through um, it was, you know, you, you sit there and you realize that it may be some small way that I or whoever else that would buy these products uh, are some are, are part of the problem in a small way. So I think we all have to examine ourselves in, 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 in a time where things are being taken from you uh, as far as cancel culture or whatever you want to call them. And you see stuff like this that somehow gets ignored. It, it's it's mind-boggling. At least it is to me. Um, so before we go around taking down statues, let's think about what we really should be doing and ignoring the people that have killed 6 million people and caused the death of, I, I don't even know, 100 million people overall. So and, and, and to justify that, they say that the only thing good about it came out of it was our military you know, might, and maybe so. Maybe it is, but I don't think it, I don't think it's an equal trade. Uh, but that's just my opinion, and that's all I got to really say on this episode. So, West, have anything to add? In the great words of Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks, <sighs> I would just say, guilty. 
Whoever knows, y'all know the rest. Was he on the same episode as us? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we're not talking about the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, please. They know what they did. Anywho, they know what they did. They all wrong. They all wrong. Joshua, Joshua, yes. anything Can I to help add? You? He's sound asleep. He's hiding under the microphone. <laughs> anything to add? Because some of the statements that comes out of Eric's mouth literally hurts my brain. Is but it worse than the statements that come out of my mouth? That's a all to itself. Is it worse than the statements that come into my mouth? Sometimes, yes. All right, cool. You're still bad. Don't even sit there trying to condone it, all right? First of all. Second of all. I'm worse, motherfucker. Okay. We're on the same level. I win. <laughs> I win. For me, it's kind of like one of those things where... I'm Drake, you're Kanye. I think I'm putting it a different way than what Dad said, but it's kind of like having the rug swept out from under your feet. How, at for me, at the age of 33, can sit here and now hear something that Dad has said that is literally right in front of all of us on the internet and at any given time of facts that we did not know. And to Dad's point, I don't know if it's so much as going after companies because you could with you know their ties it's more i think it could be trying to look into it to see if those ties are still there because i think if you can get rid of those ties and be more about the american people maybe that's something that you could fix that's just a little bit of a speculation thing i'm not condoning any of it i think that if a company for so many years was supporting something that was against us, then yeah, they should be taken down. That's something that learning IBM of all people, and then about the aluminum and the aspirin and stuff like that. This is all completely new information. I don't even know if I'm processing all of this completely, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, you're very quiet this episode. Wasn't that quiet, but you know, Listening to dad having, like I just said, the sweet, the fucking rug being swept out from under my feet. Like, none of this shit was knowledge to us back then. This was, There was all history books and shit, teachers that were teaching us just blindly. It makes you question yourself. It makes you question the education system. It makes you question the publishers and stuff like that. Who's in control of all of this? Who's actually given us knowledge that we're supposed to follow growing up in school? It makes you question, do you even want to be in school? It makes you sit there and think, like, do the people who homeschool have it the right way? And are you going to sit there and feel like a complete idiot for going through years of high school when they literally glanced over these atrocities? At least for me, that's the way I'm seeing it right now. Makes you question it. Like... I I would have to uh, agree uh, to to an extent, because you could sit there and... Again, like we were trying to say before, you could sit there and go through history and, and talk about how it's, of course, it's only being told by one side through at least education. You're only getting yeah, one but it's side also, of it. But yeah, it, it, you only get one side, but it's also, I'm trying to think of the right word, it not, it's more of just they had one string to tell you and they're hoping you don't look into it, mm-hmm. which as young kids, we don't. Exactly. Unless you have a really strong interest in it, unless there's something that piques someone's interest. Even me as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's World War II. That's something very negative that happened in our history that should not be repeated. Mm-hmm. Those Nazi beliefs should not continue. There should not be another Hitler. Right. That's all there is, right. especially at that age. That's all it is. There's, there's, there's no deeper dwelling 
into what it was. There's no deeper dwelling into the ties, as we discussed, the funding, the people behind the companies that still funded or whatever the case is. Like, there's none of that from where we were younger. And you know, the messed up part to add to that is when you think about it, especially nowadays, um, and how nowadays how kids sit there and play video games and you have these war games that go deep into this stuff. They're not really comprehending what the hell's going on within within that video game. They're just there to enjoy. It's pure entertainment. It's pure entertainment. They're not going to sit there and go. Some of that could be factual, not to a hundred percent degree, but some of it could be factual and we're just glancing over. Yeah. Glancing over it. We're spoon fed something and it's done in a way that doesn't make us question. It doesn't make us think. I just put it to. I'm gonna say it's like okay, thing. this happened. Next thing, it's like this happened. Here's chocolate chips. Next thing, here's the circus. It. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you. It continues. They'll, they'll sit there and they'll tell you that you know in school. Well, the Nazis, uh, the Nazi regime killed six million Jews. Next subject. Well, do you know we landed on the moon today? But they won't tell you the connection between the Nazi regime and the fact that they're the ones who put us on the moon. Yeah. The fact that we the recruited. Tech- the actual enemy, yep. yeah, made them work for us, and then use that technology. And it, it's you have to sit there and and go down the line and see how many things that affected too. Because I'm looking at a picture right now, and I'll just read the little caption under it. It's Kurt H. Uh, uh, Dubois or Dubis, a former V2 rocket scientist who became a NASA director, Sitting between U.S. President John F. Kennedy and U.S. Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson in 1962 at a briefing at Blockhouse 34 Cape Canaveral Missile Tech Annex. So you're talking about a former Nazi scientist who became the director, a director of of NASA. NASA. And that is very scary to think of. Got to question his motives. Was he actually working with us? Or did he have something in the background being planned? Very good, well said. Yeah. Uh, Nelson? All right, when it comes to this whole situation, you know, first off to say I'm the youngest one in this booth. So, me, I'm not surprised. i always been a big history nerd. i always been, ever since a young age, i always looked deeper into things just for the fun of it. You know, you always, I just, you always were naturally more curious. Yeah. So, like, you know, compared to, like, Big Joe, Josh, where you guys, by the time your guys were done with high school, technology wasn't really, you know, at the point. <laughs> God <laughs> damn, Nelson. Okay. okay. I don't know if I just got called an old bastard or what, but okay. And Josh, you were lumped into dad who's 40 years hey, older than you. Hey, we had 8-track tapes, fucker. Okay? There you go. I was going to tell you. You had to flip okay. the CD. I get what you're saying. No, you're absolutely right. To, we had to switch a button. Anyways... And then, even then, like, look at the difference between me and Joey in age. Like, what, six, seven years or so? Mm, yeah. Almost yeah. 10, actually. How old are you? Um, 26. Well, what, you're 19? Six, yeah, so six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah, give or take. But point being, there's still a difference Your in time. horrible. But point Better being, I always grew up, you know, you know, a little more curious, like Josh said. So I already that. knew some of this stuff. Now, the companies and all that, I didn't know. So when I don't whatever, think any of us knew. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna be honest. That that was just, all these companies were surprised to me, but um, a lot of things that there was always blanks, you know, that need to be filled. 
when I was growing up, for example, and how like did the Nazis like track down and understand how are they so coordinated with the execution of like the Jews and all the other groups, and finding out today it was created by, like by an American company. That's understandable. But even as we go on, I always knew that you know the Nazis they always like after World War Two they always had um what's it called some ties you know that came back. You know, I think, um, you know, not even I think, uh, Josh and Joe were talking about it earlier. You know, video games, they mentioned some points of it in a way that we don't acknowledge it. But even at that point, I just want to go back to that earlier. I, for some reason, I always acknowledge the things like, you know, not to be that guy, but, you know, Black Ops Zombies. Funny mm. enough, if you look back at it, Pentagon, stuff like that, all done by Nazis. There was from World War Two. It's funny that you bring up the, uh, the game Black Ops because I just remembered... Um if you played the story, you remember the Nova Gas? Mm-hmm. Nova cre- 6. Yeah, the Nova 6 Gas. Mm-hmm. They were created by the Nazis because yeah. you remember that how um, how they found how they found the gas because the um, the Nazis were in Antarctica mm-hmm. just, you know, experimenting and shit like that. And it's crazy, too, because back then they really did go out to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really did try. They really did go out there, try to, like, set up bases and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so you don't know. So we don't even know if what the fuck they were experimenting on out there in that fucking icy desert. And to to even like again, this is a whole other episode that I think I think we're we're gonna talk about it soon. I don't know when exactly. I have to take a look at the thing, but I know we're we're definitely talking about um gonna be talking about uh, Nazi technology in general. And all the shit yeah. that that happened with Nazi technology mm-hmm. and the advances that the Nazis the Nazis were extremely ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. bro. If, bro, they would have won that war if they had time. They mm-hmm. were they were on their way to developing like long range missiles and shit, bro. Long range missiles, That's, like, yeah. like, ICB, like I ICBMs back in the forties, bro. That's what like I'm that saying. shit's you're, you're, completely you're, revolutionary. Basically, you know, you sit there and and good or bad. The, the United States got the cream of the crop when it came to the Nazi scientists, and I guess using their brains, you know, do you, are you really going to put the death of someone who can, who can advance technology well, that's that way? That's where the double short cut is. Yeah, yes. that really is a double edged sword because why are we even. Now, okay, I'm not going to defend nah, them nah, or anything. Nah, the, the moral, That's what I'm the, saying. The moral, the moral ethical thing would be that the, all those people would have been in prison, straight up. Exactly. Straight up. No matter how much they knew and how much they would have benefited, it would have done us better to just throw them in American prisons than them being in Russian prisons. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the fact. But, exactly. But we wanted to be greedy. We wanted to do whatever the fuck we wanted, thinking that we thinking that we the big bad Hulk and shit, but you know. I don't know. Again, I, I think you sit there and you have to... There, there's a moral aspect to it that you of would course. have to sit there and say... Of course. Yes, what they did and how they advanced was horrible. Bro, very, if the, if very the, if horrible. The people, if, they, if they would have put those people out in like trial or something for the public to know and then tell the public what their plans were for these people and the masses of people understood what they were going to do, they would have never backed the government in taking in these scientists. Oh, they were never going to do that. They would have never They would have well, never done that. Here's the thing. You could have also sat there and said, "Not, we're not going to put these people, basically use them as what they did to, you know, to, yeah, to see what, to what you choose. guys are doing. What you guys are doing is noble, but what you're forgetting is, you're you're sitting here asking, you know, the, we should have done this, we should have done that. You're asking a lot of a country that knew what was going on with these companies and looked the other way. 
we allowed it to continue unless it stepped on our toes. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, so, it, it's no, it's noble for what we're thinking right now. But like you, like you just said, but the re, the the reality is that motherfuckers were just greedy. Motherfuckers was greedy, and they wanted to think that they wanted to have their name stamp in history books. Oh, I created the first ICBM. I created the first laser beam missile and shit. You know what I'm saying? No, I I, I agree. Mm. And for me, at least in this entire episode, it did brighten my eyes about you know what as we as Americans, at least not America, like the American government. Like I knew, I knew this JFK and and and. You know these these types of things. I didn't know how how deep it ran, and I think that's the major problem for me is is the depth of how this went and how deep the tentacles go. You know, to, to even this line to, to say fucking 1990. You know, you don't want to think about Nazis being around in 1990, at least original Nazis. You know, like yeah. you could have your 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 spin-offs or you know creative groups or return tours whatever the fuck you want to call well, it even some could still be alive yeah 1940s and, and at 60 years yeah you're talking only you know uh, a 50 year difference and these people are still in the government doing obviously paperclip operation paperclip ended in 1990 itself so you're talking about this operation and these people are still in it in 1990 they're talking about 40 years Funny how that. Funny how now that I think about it, that that operation ended the same year that the Soviet Union dissolved. Mm-hmm. And you sit there and you have forty years of these people being in your government, and it's it's just a fucked up thing to think about. But I think that's where we're gonna close this episode. Yeah, good idea. And because a lot of people are getting tired over here. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm sleepy too, motherfucker. Yeah. You're high. Shut up. <laughs> and fed. So yeah. And, and sleepy. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna end it, and we'll definitely see you guys next week. Uh, but thank you everybody for being in the booth. Uh, I like having a full booth, and hopefully we can extend it a little bit more so Sito does get an actual seat at the table, and not just in the background like an orphan. <laughs> Just be glad we're not recording because it would look twice as bad as you sitting behind me in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I got some spare desk. <laughs> spare desk. Spare desk, but please. Everyone, say good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, to me. Good night, everybody. Remember, everyone, question everything, especially after what you found out tonight. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Konnichiwa, bitches. It's Ryu West speaking. If you want to find out more about the Is This Real podcast, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash isthisrealpc or on Twitter at isthisrealpc or on Instagram at isthisrealpodcast, all one word.